Welcome back. This is John Ackerman. I'm here with Mike Lara and Tom Edwards, and we're about to hit play on the second episode on masculine friendships. So if you were with us last time, we kind of ran all over the place and just sort of kicked off conversationally that what seems to be most true in our lives, at least, I'm guessing in yours too, if you're listening to us, is that one of the greatest desires in a man's heart is for close, lasting, meaningful male friendships. And frankly, that's also, it seems to be at least one of the hardest things to find. So, I mean, it begs the question, what gives? Why is this so difficult? Why is this so hard? Why is this something that virtually every guy that we know wants, whether secretly yearning for or publicly trying to find it at wherever possible? Why is this so hard? So if you were with us last time, we geeked out a little bit, if we're being honest, but we ran through all the movies that we love and how all of them seem to be pointing us in this direction of this is really what guys want. We want to find a group of people, like-minded, like-purposed, moving in the same direction. We're, we're there for the ups and the downs, and I know this is all starting to sound cliche already. We haven't even started the episode yet, but it's true. It's true. This is what we want, and yet it seems like one of the hardest things in the world for us to find with any sort of lasting integrity. And so as we dive into this second section, uh, thank you for coming back. Uh, For those of you that pass along comments and parts of your story, thank you for those. Keep them coming. Uh, And as we continue, we're not promising answers to all the problems, but I think through just the the continued sharing of stories, uh, I think we're going to find some common footing and hopefully a couple paths forward. So hope you enjoy this. Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast with one simple vision, build up, become strong. So Mike, you'd, uh, you'd brought up the Band of Brothers and, and these guys, you know, that, that went through these life experiences mm-hmm. and now, you know, we'll go back to you know, whatever anniversary ceremony or, um, you know, and, and tell stories and, and still really close, even though, you know, their, their lives may have separated after, uh, after the fact. And, and that reminds me of, of, uh, what a mentor told me one time about how men and women relate in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and so what he said was kind of parlaying the, the army analogy, that women bond to battle. And so women tend to approach friendship in a way of let's get close, let's spend time together, let's talk, so that we have a relationship when something happens and when when you need me, when I need you. Men are kind of the opposite. Men battle to bond. And so men really form those relationships by having that shared experience, by going through something, not necessarily the battle of the bulge, but, um, no, right. Struggles. Yeah. Struggles or, or even just the weekend that we had, we now with those nine guys have a collection of stories that we didn't have before. And even though we were friends, I think, you know, we're better friends mm-hmm. now than we were nothing 
crazy horrible happened to us on the weekend or anything like that. But there's just that idea of shared experience that we have spent this time, walk those miles together, mm-hmm. which then makes it easier for us to come shoulder to shoulder or back to back and, and do it again the next time. So if it's something that we know we want and we know how to do it, how do we battle then? How do we get to those battles? How do we, you know, work through that and have those discussions afterwards? Like I'm not picking up a rifle right now and saying, let's, let's go do something at a battle or anything, but how do we get to these situations where we can struggle with other guys or even find those guys to do that with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I'm struggling with. For me, is what I struggled with 18 months ago, right? 18 months ago, two years ago, when Janelle was pushing me out the door, telling me to go find friends, right? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I don't need that. You know, I'm, I'm, I can do it on my own, right? Yeah. But I've grown so much in the last two years, not only being able to share my story and to talk about my past and what, you know, what I'm struggling with, but also kind of those times when stuff hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess going back to my initial question is how do we get to like, how do we get those band of brothers to fight that battle? Yeah. Well, and I feel like the other thing that we have to point out, just acknowledging the difficulty of it. And Mike, you, you touched on this before, but just, it's hard to find that reciprocity. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when I first moved out here, you know, I moved from the Midwest to Virginia you know, I'd been kind of running solo most of my life already, but I mean, anytime you pick up and relocate halfway across the country, your aloneness gets amplified. So having that desire of, I don't want to be totally alone out here. Like I I want something. And, you know, found a couple of guys through work that I was like, you know, these guys seem cool. I would enjoy getting to know them better. And I remember there was one guy in particular that was like, man, this, I, we just, we've got a lot in common. Like th- this would be a good fit. We would be good friends. And, you know, we hung out a couple of times and come to find out like his childhood best friend is still his adult best friend and he lives next door. <laughs> and I was like, wow, shit. Like, <laughs> I don't even know if we can say that. So, but whatever, like this isn't going to work. Like there's no place for me here. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had a similar experience with a couple of the guys of they already had kind of their intimate circle and it just felt like it was going to be so hard to bust in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, and I've also been on the flip side of like guys that I could tell were really reaching out and I was just like, dude, it's, it's just not going to happen. Like you're, you're not my people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I'm sorry, but you're, right. you're just not my people. And And so I think we kind of have to acknowledge that last piece of it's just hard sometimes to find the reciprocity, even when, you're either getting kicked out the door to go find friends or you're kicking yourself out the door to go find friends. Even when you're willing to put in the time and even when you're willing to make the overtures and even when you're willing to like put yourself out there, like it's just, yeah, it almost feels like sometimes dating is easier (laughs) finding another guy to be good friends with. And, and Mike, you'd mentioned this uh, earlier in, in this session, but you know, like the, Will you will you be my friend? Like I had that. Yeah. With with one of the guys that we went with on the weekend. When we first started being friends, TJ and I were coming back from a weekend event and he was driving and we'd both like like and it was almost like a dating moment where you know you want to ask the girl out. And I looked at him and he was looking at me and I was like and it sounded just as pathetic in my memory. Do you do you want to be friends? <laughs> like, and it was just so lame and so anticlimactic. But like it just it really painted the the picture of 
And this is a struggle yeah. to find people that you want to connect with and want to connect with you and are willing to put in those miles and not just be the happy hour friends, yeah. not just be the the guys that you play ball with at the gym friends, but you know somebody that you're really going to walk some hard miles with. I mean, it, it takes a degree of transparency, even from the outset, that man, it's just tough to muster up the yeah. strength sometimes. Well, but I mean, think about that moment too, right? You're really taking a risk. Oh yeah. You know, especially if you have been burned in friendships before, or, you know, you haven't found that reciprocity. You're really putting yourself out there, and like that's not something that comes naturally to a lot of guys, right? You know, because the kind of friendship that we're talking about you are looking to give someone else permission to speak into your life in really good times, really bad times, where where emotions are going to be a big part of what is going on. And a lot of guys have those really on lockdown, that E oh, yeah. word, you know? Yeah. We don't want to we don't want to deal with that. That gets that gets messy and I can't I can't show other people that I actually have emotions and <laughs> you know so you're really taking a risk even asking another guy to kind of maybe take that first step into your world. Yeah, because that other guy might just come right back with, you're not supposed to need me. Yeah. 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 You know, you know not Buttercup. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's funny, though, because you think about those one-on-ones are probably the most difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Just a one-on-one, hey, will you be my best friend kind of thing. And I think it's often easier to find those groups Mm-hmm. And try to sneak your way in. Yep. Even if it's like, I don't know if you guys remember that scene from the Sandlot where he's out in left field and he's just kind of taking a step in, taking another step in and really hoping that they notice him and really hoping that he can be part of the, yeah. the team. Cause he, he knows that he's number nine and he's going to, he's going to make the team full. Yeah. And I felt that way not too long ago. Right. I mean, you talk about you and TJ and how, how you guys are friends. I remember, I remember coming to, to church and just seeing, these group of guys going around the room and hugging each other, shaking hands, high-fiving, telling each other, hey, how's it going? How was your week? What's going on? And and just thinking to myself, like, hey, the pastor didn't say greet your neighbor. Like, you guys, <laughs> what are you guys doing? You're like, we're not there yet. Like, I, I want that. I want to be a part of this team. I want to be a part of a collective of guys that that are there for each other, right? Like I, I think you've said it already, like-minded, like-minded kings, right? Mm-hmm. Creating those treaties. It's just one of those things where I think the desire is there. And we want to pursue that. And again, it's just going back to how do we prioritize those relationships? How do we say like, yes, those re- those have more priority than, I mean, mm-hmm. realistically than, than, than work. I mean, it's so easy for me to just dive into work all the time yeah. than it is for me to say, hey, let's, let me go have lunch with this guy mm-hmm. and talk about life. Yeah. Yeah. Take an extra 15, 20 minutes to have a real conversation instead of just, uh, you know, hey, brother. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you realize too. I, th- I think how just how good we are at putting up barriers to to real connection. And you know, I've talked with some guys, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've got like you know, fifteen best friends." Mm. I'm like, "Tell me more." <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to be immediately skeptical or call BS, but you know, tell me more. And and then I listen, you know, to the stories that they tell, and it's like, yeah, you know, we catch up every couple of months, you know, when they're in town, and you know, or something like that. And and I just think. Like, the guys that I know like that, mm-hmm. right? Where we catch up maybe a couple times a year. You pick up the phone. And you're like, "Hey, man, what's new?" And what's the first response? Oh, not much. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Yeah. You haven't talked in four months, and there's not much new. Like that. That's just 
that just seems like there there's some barriers that are up in the way. Like, because whenever we talk, like if it's been more than a couple of days, like right. we actually took a break just in the middle of recording this to catch up <laughs> for about 15 minutes on yeah. stuff that was going on two days ago. Right. Yeah. Right. Like if you're not putting in the time with that kind of regularity, like there's just a level of closeness. There, there's yeah. a level of friendship that you're you're just not able to get. Yeah. But I think too, you know, we're, we're living in the social media world, right? Yeah. Yep. And everybody on Facebook is my friend. Right. And I've got a bunch of followers, which we don't, by the way. So follow us on <laughs> Instagram plug. and Twitter. <laughs> you know, but like we have these relationships that are about a millimeter deep. Right. And they've actually turned it into a verb. I'm friending you. Mm-hmm. And it means nothing. Right. And so we've kind of devalued the deeper relationship and are chasing after the expanse and how do I get more friends? And I mean, shoot, if you look at what people put out on, on social media, like nobody puts their crap up mm-hmm. on social media. Right. 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 You're not, you're not putting up a picture of yourself on Instagram where you're taking the selfie, standing over your kid, throwing up in the toilet at three in the morning. <laughs> Hashtag real life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is that facade. There's a distance you can be my friend, but you can only be my friend from over there. And I'm going to show you what I want to show you that looks good and not let you into the real. And, and so, John, you had talked about the modeling piece before, but like the cultural swing currently is also away from deeper, Absolutely. meaningful relationship. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the social media thing because even, even recently, we just had a new hire come in at work and- Turns out I've, I've known this guy since my second year in the army and I, mm-hmm. I, I walked into him in the hall and was like, oh man, what's, you know, what's going on? How are you doing? He's like, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing good. He's like, yeah, yeah, I did. I did a little light, light Facebook stock and, and, and I saw, <laughs> I saw how, how, how you been. And I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself like, oh, you've seen the highlights, my friend. Yeah. Like you're, you're just seeing what I'm putting out there. But that is so, it is so difficult now to have those those deeper relationships and even those deeper conversations with people, especially with being able to have something like social media where I can put out to the world what I want to put out and not have to worry about my, my baggage, right? right. I'm not going to put that out there to be judged on, to be graded on, to be, you know, looked upon differently. And it's hard because sometimes that baggage is what holds, I think, a lot of these real true relationships back because we're not sharing that. We're not going into deeper into those kind of conversations. Yeah. Well, you, I think, you have to get at some point to sharing that stuff to know that that person's not going to run away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You need to know some of my junk so that I know that you're going to stick around when, when it comes back and, and hits me again. Yeah. And then I'm going to be able to call you at two in the morning when I need help. Something's going yeah. wrong at the house or something's going wrong with my kids. Or I, I remember when Aiden was born, he, he spent some time in the NICU and two guys were there at the hospital that first day. One of them got there before I did because he got transferred to another hospital. And one of them got there before I did. That's the kind of, yeah. like, I, I need help, bro. My world just got totally turned upside down. And you have to be willing to step out and share the junk, I think, to get there. Yeah. You know, to have somebody that's going to have your back in a situation like that. But sometimes that's hard. I mean, maybe that's a maturity thing, but I think one of the things that I dealt with 
from the very beginning was allowing people to see my baggage, mm -hmm. right? I think one of the exercises that we kind of went through as a group was to share our, our life story. And, and that was probably one of my most, I would say, nervous, fear, just so afraid to kind of let people show what was behind the the mic mask, right? Like yeah. I was really afraid to tell people my story. Like, all right, guys, you're going to hear about, my, you know, my parents being divorced and you're going to hear about um, – my first line supervisor and him taking his life and, and how that affected me. Right. And I'm, I'm sharing these moments with guys that I'm just like, all right, guys, I'm putting it all out there. Yeah. And part of me, part of that high school, middle school self was like, oh man, I'm going to tell this guy this story and it may come back to bite me. Right. He may come back later on and, and use that to hurt me. You yeah. Know? And that's the hard part of that is to get over that, that kind of fear of being hurt. Right. I mm -hmm. mean, that's, and I think that's where the growth comes from is to have that trust and to, to be with people that, you know, it's kind of hard. Yeah, it's a, it's that it's that cart before the horse sometimes, right? Like, hey, I'm gonna throw this out there, and I'm gonna trust you, yeah. And and I'm hoping you're not gonna hurt me, right? I know this is what we both need for for growth because we both know our story, we both know our our stuff, we both know what's going on now, and and let's fight together, right? Well, and it's a lot harder to hide too, yeah. right? And I think a lot of quote unquote masculine behavior mm -hmm. is hiding, right? right? Let's go to the field and, and do flag football. Let's mm -hmm. go to the bar and, and throw a couple back, you know, and, and if that's the way that we're hanging out, then I'm hiding that I just had a really crappy week because I'm out on Friday night with the guys just having beers and, and having a great time, um, you know, and I'm still carrying everything that, that happened right. to me that week. So you, you do have to, and maybe that's kind of step one is you have to come out from hiding right uh, and and risk it yeah yeah one of the comedians that my wife and i love so much brian regan like does this little bit about you know his buddy's going through a hard time you know going through a breakup and it seems like maybe he's he's on the rebound now a little bit and so they go out and they golf a little bit and so brian comes home and his wife's like so you know how's your buddy has he seen anybody and you know any new relationships and, and brian's like I don't know. <laughs> She's like, how do you not know? You were just together for three hours. He's like, when was I going to ask him that? Like in the middle of his backswing, <laughs> are you seeing anyone? Like, I know he's got a new driver. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, there, there is a, a point where you just, you've got to be willing to, to go there and be the one to initiate. And I think that's maybe one of the other things that gets in the way hmm. is it's a whole lot easier to be asked than to offer. Yeah. Cause yeah. that feels safer. Right. If yeah. somebody's doing the asking to me, then at least I know that there's already a level of interest. Oh yeah. And what I'm putting out there stands much less of a chance of, of getting rejected. But it also puts you not to make this like totally male dominant speak, but it, you know, if you are asked, it puts you in the position of power. Now sure. I get the right of veto now. Yep. You know, if, if I'm offering, that's right. like, I'm I'm submitting myself to your decision, yeah. you know, and that, that's definitely the weaker position, which mm -hmm. again, for a lot of us is, is not an easy pill to swallow. Yeah. So it feels like we've done a good job of at least laying out all the reasons why this is really hard. Um, I don't know if we've <laughs> offered a whole lot in the way of hope yet, but the plan is over the next couple of weeks with the help of some others, uh, not just the three of us, uh, to maybe shed some light on a path forward. Because obviously th this was something new for all of us at one point. I went through most of my life 
for long stretches without close friends and the times where yeah. it felt like that was finally achieved it felt like it ended so fast yep and so to now be in this sweet spot of many years of close friendships and now the accumulation of new close friendships it's like like i finally learned how to make friends all over again like i knew in middle school <laughs> or elementary school or preschool so over the next couple of weeks we want to kind of offer some hope and some direction again not that all answers and wisdom have been achieved but we must have figured something out because the three of us are sitting here and we haven't killed each other yet so it's true <laughs> I, I think there might be something there so in the meantime this is uh john tom and mike thank you guys for tuning in for another strong towers podcast again check us out on our website strong-towers.com and truly especially as we get into conversations like this we really do want this to be a conversation. So you know, there's opportunities there to shoot us an email, you know, DM us through social media, share your story. Yeah. You know, if there's something that, that this is really sparking in you, I mean, we'd love to plug it. Just, you know, throw out questions, throw out issues, just broaden the conversation and enrich the experience. You know, take this from three stories to a dozen, two dozen, a couple hundred. Yeah. Um, so until then. See you guys next week.